It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author, and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to One Too Many Voices. I'm your host, Mark Husson. This is our special Thanksgiving edition, so I hope this finds you during the holidays. I have four pretty amazing people with me here today, people that I'm proud of, people that I'm getting to know. Some of you I've known forever, and I'm just grateful to have you here. We have a panel today of four people. I'm so excited to have them, and I'm going to uh, introduce them really quickly, welcome them to the show, and we're going to jump in on things that you want to hear which is really kind of survival guides for the holidays, or maybe you just get to laugh at us and it takes you out of your depression for five seconds. That'll even be worth it. My first guest is somebody that I just recently met who has been actually gets the credit for getting me over my hump of Facebook fears. And I can't even believe that's true because for as little as I've communicated with her in the past, she actually was one of the biggest contributors to my current marketing scheme. Her name is Betsy Gutting. She's an intuitive life coach. She was a lawyer. She was a comedian. She works with professionals. She's a therapist. She's pretty remarkable. And she has a, an amazing show at 12 Radio on Mondays that is says, just say yes. Please welcome, if you would, my guest, Betsy Gutting. Betsy, are you with me? Ah, uh, thank you, Mark. That was a beautiful introduction. <laughs> thank you so much. And and now that you've said I have a com- I'm a comedian, I feel like I have to be funny. So <laughs> the pressure's the pressure on. Is on. <laughs> we better have one thing we laugh at. No, it's good. Thank you so much, Betsy. And second is a person who, uh, again, I've only talked to once in my life and and have had amazing correspondences. He has a chart really similar to mine. He is a remarkable. I mean, remarkable singer poet, songwriter. You should hear his albums, and we'll give you a chance to do that at some point. Uh, He's a a person who seeks the world. He's deep. Now he's deep. (laughs) Please welcome uh, namesake almost Mark Daniels. Mark, are you with me? Mark, so nice to be with you guys today. Pleasure. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you, Mark. So excited to get other perspectives, and thanks for your willingness. It's really good to have you. My next guest is an advisor at one listencom She's extraordinary. I don't think she sleeps, honestly. I think she's a robot, and this is just her alien form, something like that, because she is nonstop. She's inspired. She jumped on the radio the minute she got hired at one listen She's been with us, I would have to say, probably going on three years, even though it feels like she's been with us since the beginning. She's just like blood. She fits right in. Uh, I I adore her. I'm so happy to have her on the show today. Please, if you would, welcome Jamie Dawn. Jamie, are you here? I'm here. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction, and I'm thrilled to be a part of this amazing cast. Yeah, it's fun to have you. You know what makes introductions fun? When they're from the heart. I just say what I really think about these people. So this is like, it's unscripted, and it's kind of nice that you guys are not like squirming at the thought that, oh, I just bastardized your name. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than liquid courage. That's right. That's good. Thanks, Jamie, for being here. (laughs) My next guest you are becoming really familiar with. I am so honored that he agrees to come on the shows. He He's, he has an opinion, I think, about everything, which is why I think he comes on, even though he's like my right arm these days. He's like my brother. I've known Mo for a hundred years, I'm sure, or more. He's a scholar. He's a teacher. He's funny, and he's just adorable. Please, if you would, welcome Mo Abdelbaki. Mo, are you here? I am, Mark, and thank you for having me on this Halloween show. I'm going to <laughs> 
Oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm not sure it's any little. less scary. I find really. those articles very funny, so I knew he would uh, interject some humor there. No, right, Mark? I'm you, telling Mark. you. Both of you, I guess. That's so sweet. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. There's, um, that's I hear even, edits coming. I know, no. <laughs> We're not going to have time for many. This is good. Hey, Betsy, what sign are you? I'm a Gemini. And and we have Jamie, who's a Cancer, Mark, who's a Cancer, I'm a Cancer, and Mo, who, and we're talking on the Western system every time I say Mo's name, uh, is a Taurus. So it's kind of like we've got the little Taurus, Gemini, Cancer thing happening. I welcome you all to the show. You, I love that you are the signs you are in a way because it has so much to do with the ability to communicate the compassion and the heart that this holiday brings. And this kind of introduces us into the world of family. Now, in my experience, we're all um, we're all in the U.S. We all were raised in the U.S. as far as I can tell. Um, and we're pretty familiar with the Thanksgiving tradition. And I know that we've been jaded with images of Norman Rockwell and what it means to be with family. And I also know that probably without excuse, there is pain that occurs in these events. So I want to bring to the table your own experiences, if you would, of what it means to enter this season for, as we come into Thanksgiving. That's the season I'm talking about as it breaks in. What is your personal experience with family, um, good or bad? And we'll give like each of you about two minutes to, to express that. And we're going to start with Betsy. Betsy, what is it like to come around the corner into these this month of holiday celebration? Well, Mark, I pulled a card before we we all got together here and the card was celebration. And I said, yes, of course, because I love celebration. You know, I just love, love to um, celebrate. So there's that. And at the same time, I am probably, I am well, for sure. I'm the odd one in the family. Uh, you family know, the of one how that, many, quote Betsy? unquote, nobody understands, as I've been told. <laughs> and so, you know, I used to show up to family gatherings, kind of wanting everyone to understand me. And I learned that that was not, it didn't feel good. It didn't work. It, it never happened. And so now, you know, just just to get right into the, I have a north, north node in Virgo, so I get right into the tips. So what yeah. I do now is, uh, you know, I set an intention for how I want to feel before I go to a gathering. And it's always, I want to have fun. I want to celebrate. I want to laugh a lot. And um, I'm not looking to them to, uh, you know, to have, to make me feel understood and welcomed and accepted and it's just made a huge difference in I love my family being with my family is a lot of fun I have two daughters I'm madly in love with my daughters and so um you know so I really love that all of us being together as long as I can let go now Betsy just to give them some background (laughs) how many uh where do you fall in the family uh, hierarchy are you the middle youngest oldest well, there we had four girls growing up, and I'm the second to the oldest, but I was sort of the de facto oldest because, you know, I was the quote-unquote responsible one. Mm-hmm. We can trust you. You take care of things, the caretaker. I, By the way, all of you cancer people, I have a cancer moon, cancer rising. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, I knew there was a fit there. <laughs> hey, so Mark, um, in your family... Tell us where you fit the dynamic with other siblings, and then was there scar tissue growing up around family events? And then we're going to get to the how we dealt with our scars, if if we have any, um, in a minute. But give us some some update on your life. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm the youngest of three children, and um, I had a brother who passed away about 13 years ago. So now the holidays are even more. 
intense, devastated. even yeah. more of a mixed bag. Wow. But like Bet, like Betsy was saying, <clears throat> I I believe it really comes down to anticipation, you know, and I think that's what creates a lot of the tension around the holidays is this anticipation about being around the people, know mm-hmm. you the best, and then just a. a quick idea of what is the formula like when where do you go for thanksgiving who usually cooks is it that kind of thing and how many people usually attend right well we're from connecticut so usually it's either at my parents house in in eastern connecticut or it could be at my aunt's house which is a much bigger affair because that's the Italian side of the family, <laughs> which is also in Connecticut. So, and so, Either uncles, aunts, too. and everyone shows up typically, unless it's at your mom's, and then it's just you, your your mom, dad, and and uh, other sibling. Yeah, it's it's like a it's it's a strange kind of um, card. It could be at my aunt's with forty people, or it could be at my mother's house. You know, it's the way it's worked out the last four years, and it's just me and my parents who are much older now. They're 74, and then my older sister is 45. Very interesting. Okay, I can almost feel the dynamic. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, Jamie, what's your what's the history? Where do you fall in the family, and what's the <laughs> t- t- typical tradition? Well, I have, um, I'm second of two, so I'm the youngest. I have an older brother only, and... Um, I grew up in South Carolina, but my extended family's in Indiana, and for whatever reason, I'm, well, I'm very similar to Betsy. I'm the child that no one understands in Mm -hmm. the family, and uh, my family, being very religious, always has a religious tent to the holidays. So Thanksgiving, um, the the background, if you will, for me over the last several years is that I'm kind of the black sheep, and I'm not invited (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I haven't been invited to Thanksgiving in a couple of years now. Wow. So um, this Thanksgiving is going to be a little bit different. It's This is uh, something I've had to come to terms with for a long time. And uh, my brother is on the path that my parents agree with. And my dad's a cancer. Um, my parents usually like to host Thanksgiving for my brother and his six children and wife. But um, my extended family, they're in Indiana, and they would love for me to come and be there too, but that's far away from Virginia for me <laughs> for Good. Thanksgiving. So those are kind of the dynamics. It's 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 I'm on my own. I have two children, and nice. um, but they spend this Thanksgiving with their father. So. Oh, okay, excellent. Oh my gosh, we're getting such a nice little mix here of backgrounds. Mo, how about your family tradition? Uh, b- before well, even now and before you have a family now. Okay. I uh, I am the eldest in my uh, family, and therefore I'm the most intelligent. And, uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> no, I was always the weird one. And uh, but we had very traditional. Even though my parents came here from Egypt, we had very traditional Thanksgiving meals with the turkey and the molchaya and the kibbe. You know. Yeah. And um, you probably had kibbe on Thanksgiving, Mark. Always. Always, and uh, we would have because we had no family in this country to begin with. Um, We had foreign students, um, anyone who was from the Middle East. Sometimes uh, we had, you know, Pakistanis, Sudanese, Indians. So it became a a huge kind of festival of people. And our house was always packed on Thanksgiving. One one, um, year, the whole anatomy department where my dad worked was invited. And I grew up with that sort of energy. The last Thanksgiving um, I, that my mom threw 
there were about a hundred people who ended up coming and going at night with my brother who was a chef cooking. So it was always very social. So when I, I we went through a change of life, you know, having I had children, um, I had a wife, had children, and got away from my family. And that Thanksgiving was very different, very uptight, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. <laughs> I wasn't used to that. Although my mother was always angry after cooking for three days, yeah. you know. And now my life has changed again. It's even now Thanksgiving for us is my kids. You know, they come over and whatever. And this year we're doing sandwiches and potato chips. I mean, to me, I'm I'm really tired of the stress of all the food. I know the food is is the tradition, but this year we're doing something very different. And believe it or not, there was some there was a little bit of fighting there. Like, wait a minute, what about the mashed potatoes and gravy? What about this and that? I said, you can get a Thanksgiving dinner any night of the year at, at Country Buffet, you know, <laughs> you, you can do it anywhere. This is about family. And so we're making it very easy. So to me, Thanksgiving is truly gratitude. That's, a, that's awesome. Now, you all talked a little bit about your um, some of the upbringing. It seems like, Mo, you and your family was more in this, this concept of celebration. Um, it even though I want to hear from Betsy on was it about celebration, but what I want to ask you guys is to think about here a little bit is what is it about coming together with family that is the recipe, typically the recipe for disaster? Um, Betsy, you got any thoughts on that? Or am I wrong? Is that too much of a generalization? (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, Why is that? Emotions run high, Mark. Or Emotions run run high around any sort of holiday, right? I mean, we all bring expectations. It's like Thanksgiving is, it is celebration. It is. I mean, my family, we're all into food, honestly. We all love to eat. We all love beauty. So that's what we we all have in common. But don't we all still show up generally with, um, you know, with our patterns and even if we've really worked on them, um, you know, things just it's chemistry. There's all kinds of chemistry that's happening at the same time that can set things off. Is there something about Mark? Is there something in your head about the fact that you're kind of stuck with uh, them forever or is it does it feel, you know, like. Or is there a hidden kind of like, I want them to see me? Many people here, three of you mentioned, uh, I'm kind of the black sheep. I think all of you are the black sheep, honestly. But it seems like there's a need to be seen in a certain way. What do you think is prevalent that causes tension? And do you feel tension when you go to the family, uh, especially with the the unfortunate tragedy that you experienced? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what it comes down to is that we have to lose some of the control that we have in our daily lives. We establish like this, maybe it's an illusion, but we feel we're in control most of the time. But when you step through that front door on Thanksgiving, you have to give up some of that control. And it's uh-huh. a feeling of being you know, out of control a bit. That's actually seems really profound. Now, the control we're talking about is the control of like, well, I don't get to be the center of attention or the topic that we're going to talk about may not be mine kind of control. Yeah, all that stuff, all that stuff, like the music that's being played, um, how the dishes are set, 
Um, who's over talking who? Who's dominating the conversation? Mm. Those little safety zones that we do in our lives to make us feel secure. You know, I'm sure you've got your system. Mo's got his system. Jamie and Betsy, I've got mine. That has to be checked, you know, as I hang up my coat and come through the front door. And so naturally it's going to be tense. Oh, I hear some astuteness coming out of your mouth. I like that idea. That's kind of crazy. Hey, Jamie, what do you think? What's the deal with family craziness? Well, I, th- I think for for me and, and what I've noticed with a lot of people is that Thanksgiving and any of the holiday sentimental occasions brings out this innate need in all of us as human beings to connect and to feel connected and to feel as though we belong mm. somewhere. And so what... What gets stirred up for me is sense that I don't belong or I don't fit in with the very people that gave birth to me and, and raised me and, and I grew up with. And that's, that's hard. Mm, um, and that's so what, what a lot of times is birthed out of that is we start creating our own sense of family with other people as well. Mm. Now, that's a really good point. Now, let's, I'm going to come back to that. Mo, what is the, your thought about family issues? Why are they there? Because we don't change. Because when we walk back into that family dynamic, our parents see us as children and we see our siblings as rivals. And it just, it, uh, even if we don't, they do. You know, I'll never forget my mother, God rest her soul. She was, she had had a, a, a heart attack and a quadruple bypass. I flew as quickly as I could to Louisiana. I walked into the room. She's as gray as a ghost, right? She reaches up. I took her hand and she says to me, Bumo. Please cut your beard and hair. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> I finally. My, my- my mother says I look like a witch with my long hair and mouth, so don't feel bad. Oh, my dad that. said I look like Castro. <laughs> he said I look like Rasputin. I mean, you know. <laughs> so but you I know, they get you on the deathbed, right? That's classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in disbelief, you know. And, of course, she lived longer than that, which, yeah, I'm glad I didn't do it. But the point is, is that I always found that the minute I walked into the family again, um, the old, all the old Lego pieces came together, and you're right back in this mm. tiny little chair with this tiny little world, and and all the same arguments start over again. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not the same person that you want me to be. I think that's a big problem. Do, do, do all of you have um, um, a spotlighted character in the family? Is there always somebody who dominates completely, or no, Betsy? No, I wouldn't say so in my family, Mark. Um, I need a picture of your event. Like, how many are okay. there? Are they all? It's, it feels like um, traditional. Like, really, I'd like to know. Okay, well, we. My mom is very free spirited. So, and my dad's not here anymore. He passed away when I was sixteen. And so, we, uh, you know, we're we're pretty we're pretty quirky, all of us. But uh, there's probably about 13 to 15 people who show up. You know, I have nieces and, um, you know, one of them has children. I have a nephew who has kids. We all have kids. So it's, it's, pretty, mo- it's pretty much of a motley crew, honestly. But, uh, but we still all bring, you know, I can still feel all of us are bringing that. We all have a desire, I know, to have a good time and laugh and have fun. But we're bringing this. There is that tension that, you know, if you're a sensitive being, you feel it underneath the surface. And um, so that's why I try to show up now with just like, I'm going to have fun. And honestly, so I probably show up deciding to crack some jokes just because I want to have a good time. And, 
It helps with the tension. So there's nobody there yeah. rolling their eyes at another person, like about another, like looking at you going, oh, here we go. Like that? Because I get that. <laughs> oh, all oh I'm sure there that. are some people doing that. But it doesn't I'm seem sure like that. I'm just so... not looking anymore, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, no, so you, I mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I love that. So, okay, you guys, uh, Jamie brought a big concept of the new family. Now, it seems like to me that it's true. We do develop over time different people that we love and different people that we feel at home with. Does that disrupt the family system? Is that part, again, of the issue? Because it seems like that's a really – when do we get to celebrate and how difficult it is to celebrate with the people that might be our true love. Now, it not every. It sounds like Betsy, you certainly may not have that issue, but you might. Uh, so, in other words, when you find your soul family and you just want to have Thanksgiving with them, like Jamie, it might be easy for you because they're probably like, "We don't want you at our table." <laughs> so, go, <laughs> go meet that family. But is there are some of you here at the table have people that you'd rather be maybe perhaps at Thanksgiving with, but because of family pressure, absolutely that just can't happen. Is that an issue? Because I know it would be for some of the people listening. That may not be a, a big reality, and it's okay if it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I can say for myself, there's really that doesn't happen for for me. Okay, you like going to the family. You like going for Thanksgiving. The the sense of familial connection, even if it isn't, you know, it sounds like you handle it really well, Mark. It sounds like you know how to keep your feelings in check and let people have their space so it doesn't seem like it, it bothers you much is that true yeah as a cancer it's a two two-headed coin again because we love as you guys all, all have most of you all have cancer in your chart we love the family you know the the hearth and the, the warmth mm. but then again we're probably going to be a little bit more sensitive and uh our buttons are probably going to get pushed a little easier so there's that two-headed dynamic again. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Now, here's the thing. You're, you guys are coming into holiday. You're coming in to meet family. What do you do? And you don't have to have this experience, but as therapists in your own life to the people listening in, you know how there's always rivals in the family, or it seems like there's at least maybe silent rivals, if nothing else. What do you do when you come to that table where everybody's sitting and and gear yourself up to feel either... Maybe it's about maybe you're the rival. Maybe it's their jealousy of you or their disrespect of your life or not acceptance of your life. How do you advise people who are going into a family situation that feels threatening to them and that feels like it's not safe, but yet they feel an absolute compulsion to go or the family will, you know, disown them energetically and it's just not worth the hassle. Is there advice we can give people? One of the first things that I would would say and try and practice myself is um, conscious speech and setting healthy boundaries and being able to say, I mean, I can't tell you how many times um, my family has tried to convert me over the last few years and, and come away from the dark side. So, um, you know, it's when I've been able to just basically set healthy boundaries and, and appreciate their side of things, you know, with compassion, but, um, telling them, I appreciate what you're saying. I hear you. And if this, this conversation no longer feels good to me, so maybe we can change the subject and talk about something else and, and just honoring the boundaries of, of what has been set because no one, just because their family has any right to emotionally blackmail you. And, and I think that that's important. 
It's very wise advice. And you have a Libra, a lot of Libra in you, no? Libra moon, maybe? I have a Libra moon, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's easy. That's, a, that's an easy place. Not easy necessarily, but you have a diplomacy about you that, that I think helps. Mo, what do you yeah. think? I tell people, and this is my belief as well, I mean, I've been places, I've been members of families where they never ask me what I do for a living, you know? I mean, it's like 20 years, and it's like, so Mo, what do you do? You know, because they know what they I do. They don't want the so answer. So my advice is always this. It doesn't matter what they say or do. You are who you are. They don't see you. They don't know you. All you have to do, even if you've known these people all your lives, is realize that there you should go in with no fear and no expectations and that way you kind of end up going, oh, if it turns out nicely, you go, well, that was nice. But if the usual stuff comes up, you just let it roll off your back because you don't live with them anymore. Eventually, you'll go back to where you go and you won't have to see them for another year or so. So, I mean, it really is about realizing how different we are and that people cannot understand us. They just can't. Mark and his guests will be right back after this short intermission to simplify. So I really love celebration. I love holidays, but I have to make them my own. And, you know, I, I give my clients um, the same advice that, you know, to really look to what you need and nourish yourself throughout all of it and make sure you're taking care of that child inside of you. And, you know, I do that on a regular basis, honestly, and probably more so during the holidays. Before I even get out of bed, I imagine this, the little girl inside of me and just love her up. So you didn't have to really fight a hardcore sense of depression as you entered Christmas or, or um, whatever holiday you celebrate. I'm assuming uh, Christmas. Um, but so it doesn't sound like that was a, an, which is just fascinating to me. <laughs> but I mean, like, it doesn't sound like that was an inherent part. Like it was just the holiday. Did you do Christmas well, with the tree you and know, come down? Yeah, interestingly enough. But you know, we, we, we all have a story right about the holidays and how it's going to be and so one of my stories used to be that I'm not going to get what I want yeah you know and so like whatever I want it's not going to be under the tree yes we did Christmas even though um my grandmother is a Russian Jew and so that technically makes you know my maternal grandmother that technically makes me Jewish but we never followed that and we were always we always celebrated the Christmas holidays and we did the tree and all of that and you know I love again I love ritual so um, did you have just, a Santa Claus moment like where the kids went to bed and woke up and Santa had come oh my gosh I believed in Santa Claus like past the age of 16 so you, seriously <laughs> I love that seriously so, so you yes. loved Christmas right you loved that uh, holiday the magic I'm totally um in awe about magic I mean I would look around the house and find out where my mom hid the presents and you know I'd, I'd want to see what everybody got and everything I don't do that anymore now I just like put my presents to this to the side and wait because I love I love that whole process that but process. but yeah no I love magic and I love that just you know create the whole um you know I have uh, my son and Venus and Mercury in the 12th house I'm all about the yeah. uh the mystery and the magic I love that Hey Mark what was Christmas like and does it bring in a certain kind of um special feeling or is it do you fight a depression around it Oh I totally agree about the magic and the mystery um, <clears throat> probably because my mother was from um, World War II Germany. She grew up, you know, during that period, and um, 
Christmas for her was spent on her farm. Her family uh, sent her when she was about four years old to live on a farm because they couldn't afford her during that period. But she says that the um, the farmers who ran the farm used to keep the Christmas tree in a special room where the children on the farm were not allowed to see it for you know three weeks until Christmas Eve, and then they would open the door and there would be you know real candles lit oh. on the tree, and there'd be a German older German man playing you know harmonica Christmas carols on the harmonica, you know Silent Night is a German. Uh, song so she brought that whole magic into christmas growing up so it was absolutely beautiful and i still get really excited about christmas but um of course there's always that little bit of sadness too that creeps in too but it's more of like a not a depression it's just kind of a feeling of going deeper in as the year closes as you said earlier that the darkness of the year kind of comes yeah. in so there's not a sense of loss. There's not a um, – you actually – it's more just a sense of the typical pulling in energetics. It's not like a loss of childhood or a loss of the magic. It's just – it's different. Is that right? I would say that that's, that's definitely correct, yes. You guys are not unhealthy enough for me. No, I'm teasing. No. <laughs> Jamie, how was your Just Jamie? wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, it gets better. Oh, yay. Okay, no, I'm teasing. I love that. I mean, you all make me want to have that kind of Christmas. Jamie, what was Christmas like at the house, especially this very religious house, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Christmas was um, – all about Jesus's birth and and uh, coming to earth and it was all the emphasis was you know keeping the Christ in Christmas and all that so it was but we did you know presents and opening you know waking my dad would wake us up at four in the morning because he was more excited than we were about all the presents and stuff <laughs> so you um, had a Santa Claus experience did they let you have yeah that? okay yeah we totally did and then it's interesting because um, my children's father's Jewish so we chose to raise our kids Jewish so we didn't have a Christmas tree in the house for about 12 years um, during the marriage and so after the divorce I was like Christmas is back <laughs> 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 but now my kids think that you know the whole month of December's a big freaking celebration because it's Hanukkah and Christmas all That's all month right. long. So. That's right. I love it. So, yeah. do you fight any sort of feelings around Christmas time, or is it okay? Uh Absolutely. No, it starts at Thanksgiving for me because the nostalgia kicks in because Thanksgiving was always the prequel to building up for Christmas. The tradition was my mom and I pull out the tree and decorate it and uh, make spiced tea and, and start, you know, in that whole lighting the special candles and things like that. And and I don't have that inclusion with my parents now. I don't have that connection with them. So it is it's very hard for me because I love family and and, and I fight that sadness of not feeling like my own flesh and blood really accept me for who I am. And that's hard. Wow. That's so, that's amazing. Uh, I'm going to come back to how you're dealing with this um, here in a minute. I want to hear, Mo, let's hear your uh, Christmas experiences, what it was like as a kid. And uh, now do you, do you see if you fight some feelings? It was, it was fun as a kid. I mean, we, you know, my mother explained to me the story of Jesus as she saw it. And it was quite different than the more, um, accepted versions, I must say. But uh, <laughs> he he listened to his mother, and that's right. He <laughs> cut his hair, and he cut his hair eventually. You know, but we grew up. I remember our first Christmas tree. I was probably six years old, 
And I loved it. My dad went out and actually, you know, chopped this down with some people, came home. The first thing he said was, Egyptians don't cut down Christmas trees. And so that was that, wow. you know. But we got them from then on. And I loved it. I loved it with my siblings. And when I got married and had uh, our kids, uh, two kids, a boy and a girl, Christmas was a huge deal. And I tried to perpetuate the story of Santa Claus that, that for, I mean, you know, with cookies and and they believed, they really believed. And the good fortune I have now is to resemble the old man himself, Aww. you know. And <laughs> I get mistaken for Santa all the time. And that keeps, I mean, that's magical for me. I don't do it on purpose, but with a white beard and so on. Um, you can see, I have a little girl the other day, she went, Daddy, look who it is. Aww. And, you know, he's thinking mm. it's a molester. But, you know, <laughs> it wasn't. My daughter's so, not sitting on your lap, sir. That's right. And I was just in the grocery store. And I, you know, kids, there is magic in this time of year. And I I never depress. The only thing that depresses me, and this will sound really trite, is that there are kids and people who don't have enough, who don't get to share in the, in the fun of it. We always, you know, try and do what we can to help others because this is the time of year in, uh, in ancient times when the communities got together and bonded and made sure no one went hungry. And I also, during these dark times, um, I, I knit, I crochet, um, I bookbind, and now I'm picking up carving, wood carving. So I always find something to keep myself busy or I, I go kind of nuts. Wow. You guys now, are you big um, gift givers at the, around the holidays? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's okay. That was a emphatic yes. Betsy, are you? Well, you know, Mo just reminded me of the creativity. I I try to make a card. I do make a card every year. You know, like paint something. I mean, that's one of the things I love about the holidays too. Is just just making things. So I like to paint, and I, um, you know, get. It's not so much about. Yes, I love giving gifts, and I I love the whole gift thing, but not as much. Mark, um, you know, expensive gifts or. The material things like my daughters, I always say, just they're both really artistic. Paint me, paint me a picture. Or, you know, they they usually give me something that they've created, which is I love. So it sounds like you guys are fairly careful, with the exception of Jamie so far, around credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Mark, how, what do you do for gifts, Mark? Do you do you create your gifts or do you worry about gifts? Yeah, well, like Jamie, um, I've been doing Christmas cards for the past couple years, creating them. Yeah. So just I'll take a photo that I took and then um, use a line maybe from scripture. And um, I, I like to send Christmas cards. So that's a fun part. And um, You mean like Betsy who creates, right? The w one who just spoke? Right. Okay, okay. Good, 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 good. No, just making sure. That's okay because you can't see anybody's faces and these guys have never met. It's not a problem. But That's okay, okay Mark. Yeah. yeah. So do you have um, – <laughs> do you do – so you make your own – cards and do you do you um have expectations of receiving gifts you guys that disappoint or no well i could definitely say my mother's gotten me a pair of black socks and the same red sweater for five <laughs> years in a row now <laughs> oh lord my expectations are pretty slim that is so sweet okay so that doesn't bug you that doesn't bum you out no, I actually sort of like it now. Okay, that's so sweet. Uh, Mo, gift giving? 
Not much of it anymore. We used to um, when the kids were younger and so on. And, and now uh, we've actually last year we had a no gift policy. If you wanted to do something, give to give, you know, uh, do some charity. Um, you know, these are tough times. And gift giving can be an incredibly onerous burden upon people. And I don't want to add to that. Um, if you want to give me a gift, I'm open to it. But no, I'm kidding. So <laughs> <laughs> I, we really have cut down. My, my philosophy is at this age in my life, um, I basically, if I want something, if I can afford it, I get it. You know? Yes. So the gift for me is presence. The gift, not not presence with a T, but with a C. Uh, having people around that you love, that you truly care for. Um, the most magical time for me is actually Christmas Eve, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, when everything is very quiet. There is a power there. There is a sense of, of great movement of nature that I just love. There is no present that can make up for that. Mm -hmm. um, so, Jamie, back to your gift thing. What, do, you, do you end up spoiling people or what, what do you do, the gift thing? What I do is I actually, uh, similar to what Mo was saying, but it's all about the energy. And, and I'm, I've tried having children puts me in that mindset of teaching and yeah. teaching them about the energy flow, that giving gifts is just as important as receiving and vice versa and keeping that flow going. And and it's not about the amount you spend. Like there was a particular year that I had $100 to my name and I had two small children. I couldn't, you know, do anything. I, I could barely pay bills and have food. Mm -hmm. And what I did is I went through their bedroom while they were asleep and I started eating stuff. They even got a dog bone that the dog chews on to open. It was all about, it was about creating that energy around opening a present and about, about see, look how much you actually have. Yes. Oh, that's very sweet. Can I so say when I say, oh, yeah. no, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, when I said yes to the gift giving, it's all about the energy, not necessarily the things. No, right. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mo. One thing I, this is once again, not a self-congratulatory thing at all, but a, a few years ago, my wife and I decided to start making hats, uh, crocheted hats for uh, people who don't have them. And we ended up over a, a two-year period making over a thousand hats and giving them to rescue missions and, and so on. Um, and it's amazing because when you do something like that, and you know, we're just sitting around watching TV crocheting these hats, but I remember taking some to um, a place where people live where they can't afford anything else. It's a Denver rescue mission. And we walked in and gave them this huge box of hats. And they looked at us like, okay, now go away, which was fine, <laughs> you know. And you realize as we walked out, it was emotional. It was deeply emotional because you realize the biggest, the best gift you can give is is not always going to be, it's not a big deal. Giving a gift comes from the heart. And if you help someone, what could be better? I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say other than... The that you got what Jamie was saying. I mean, I think it's just sort of like yeah. it is, it's about the intent of what's there. It's like you if you don't have any... It's not about the money you spend. It's none of that. It's that I took a moment and I thought of this person. And in that moment, I mean, where I actually wrote their name on a card or, you know, whatever it was, it was an intent that... that you know, we get a little crazy sometimes... Um, with the people in the industry around us because, you know, I live kind of a bachelory life and I know that uh, 
that uh, John is a, an incredibly um, sensitive and, and giving person, but we, you know, it's like it's never been about the money. But every industry we ever went to, because we live in fast food places sometimes and in our lives or you know whatever, we would make sure that the people that knew us by name would always get a little gift card of something. So like the Wendy's guy when it was the Wendy salads we were getting on a regular basis, or the uh, Mark. Can I say person. one thing on yeah, the subject absolutely. of gifts before we leave it? This is yes. Betsy. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they're in transition, if they've just been through a divorce or something's different, then, you know, gifts can be, uh, can really shift for them. And so, you know, that's just one thought that I had. I really love what, what Jamie said. It was really beautiful about finding things and wrapping them. That's so awesome. And what Mo said about, um, you know, giving of yourself. And uh, I just think that this time of year, I like to be sensitive to, to, to people who are in transition and it's just different for them sometimes. sometimes you know, when I went through my divorce um, a number of years ago and my kids were with their dad, it was, it was sad then. And so, you know, some years just are harder than others. Amen. Yeah, it's true. I know. It's absolutely true. I've been in retail my entire life. And so retail was always Christmas Day was always, please shut the doors. Don't let the phone ring. Um, just for one <laughs> freaking day mm -hmm. right so i would do this little thing where it was like i seriously and this is like no one's gonna ever know this uh, but i put i put on my little like a barbara streisand musical and get it in the background and then i uh clean <laughs> for, <laughs> for, and all day long and i don't get dressed and it's like the best feeling in the world so here's what I want to do, you guys, because you guys are – this is, like, awesome. I freaking love the synergy that gets created here because each of you I have such a sweet respect for. Would you please just um, – now we're going to go into advice mode to people listening in to, to have a little thing for them to remember that came just from you uh, about this season. And I know it's kind of avant-garde and I'm doing it at the spur of the moment. But just a little wish that you might uh, – or a little idea or a little affirmation or a little something to, for them to remember. For those people that, that do see Christmas as a time of being lonely, of isolated, of not having the childhood that they really wanted it to be or can't recreate it, those people. You know, because people do take this holiday pretty hard. Um, so can you offer – would you all be willing to give a, like a minute, just a, even 30 seconds of an affirmation or a reminder for the people listening of what they can do to make this holiday remarkable? Anybody want to start? Because I don't want to call you out if you're not ready. I'll begin. Yay, Mo. Go ahead. Okay. Everybody out there, if, you, if Christmas gets you down, change it. Study the pagan calendar. Study the pagan holidays. Get to know why Christmas is the way it is. Um, imagine 100,000 people at Stonehenge on the winter solstice, the 21st, cheering when the sun comes up. Imagine that. They've been doing that for 10,000 years. Well, maybe not quite that long, but close. Imagine <laughs> that this is not about everything that you believe it is. Imagine that this is about the joy of knowing that you have time down to sit and study and read and, and take classes and do whatever you want to do, and that the sun is going to begin its rise on the ecliptic again on about the 24th or 25th of December, the sun is reborn. That's what it's about. It's about the move through time. It's about the renewal of life. Nice. Thank you, Mo. Mo, you kind of took my I, I, my idea right out of my mouth, but 
I, I definitely see it as a powerful opportunity. And um, it's an opportunity for self-change mm. and growth. And um, yeah, I would, I would just dovetail what you said. And this is a new beginning. It's, it's not scarcity. It's not lack. It's a, a chance for new beginnings for the next coming year. Nice. That's great. Gosh, you guys have great attitudes. I'll pick up on that. I love the idea of new beginnings, Mark, and what Mo said. It's beautiful. This is Betsy. Um, I say take a stand for yourself. You know, imagine that you have that little child inside of you that you are just going to have so much fun. You can look in the mirror and say, let's have an adventure and just, you know, nourish yourself and take care of that little kid inside of you and do one thing that lights you up. One thing that just, you know, just will make you happy, even if it's dancing to music, whatever it is. Yeah. Very sweet. Oh, that's so I good. Second, I second and third what everyone has said. And, and the other thing that I would also notate is don't resist what you feel during the holidays because your mm-hmm. feelings are real, but they're not who you are. So just feel what you feel and honor that and then one of the quickest ways if you ever notice that you can get yourself out of your own bubble is to give you know we talk about giving gifts give the gift of yourself your time focus on maybe somebody else who could use a smile or cheering up or um just you know there's that's why so many people volunteer during this time of year um and and you watch how your energy shifts and suddenly you're not focused on your problems and your depression and your your issues you're focused on making somebody else better and notice how you feel after you give mm. Mm, giving beautiful. is the gift giving mm-hmm. is the gift. it is a true secret to give to i think it is a true secret to start looking it's like a phrase be interested open yourself up and look and i always relate to the little drummer boy because that song was like he didn't have anything to give and i just have my drum and so on christmas day when i'm feeling all sorry for myself i picture like this is all i have and and (laughs) and 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 god going it's you and me kid make a wish and i'm like yes so then i just make you know like a million wishes like i need more money and did it i get to be a little brat no i'm just (laughs) but you know the truth is none of us are ever alone Look at us. We're all different. We're all perhaps the black sheep of our family. But by God, there are an awful lot of us. Uh, That's that's true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. Hey, Mark. Yes, Mark. It's just ironic that you would mention um, Little Drummer Boy because I was just going to suggest to you guys and whoever is going to listen to this later on, there's an absolutely beautiful record by a guy called Earl Grant, and it's called Winter Wonderland. It's all organ. Oh. It's probably written in, I would say, maybe the 40s to the late 50s, somewhere in that era. And it's just totally, totally beautiful. Mo, you can put it on at 1030 on Christmas Eve during that magical moment for you. Yeah. And I promise you that experience will be uh, lovely for you. That's so I'll sweet. give it a try. Thank well, you, Mark. You reminded little, me of little, something. Little drummer boys on there too, Mark. Oh, that's what I knew it. I knew that. That's why you brought that up. I'm going to get that. There's no question. And I want to. Uh, you reminded me of this. Would you each now? We're going to bring to a close. 
I adore your information, you guys, because what we're doing here is the goal is we're trying to help people on during a cycle that they may need a little voice of encouragement, and you guys are here to do that for them, and you're doing it on your own time, and thank you. And Mo, I know you might need to run. Uh, real quickly, Mo, let's start with you. Um, anything that they need to know, where to find you, links, anything? I'm available at one to, uh, listen dot com as often as I can be. If you don't see me, make an appointment, schedule. I'm there. Nice. Um, that's good. Thank you, Mo. Thank and you, Mark. You bet. Hey, Mark, where? Um, what about your music? Where are we going to find that? Um, it's just easily found on Facebook. You just go facebook.com and then it's backslash Charlouse Music. And that- Char- Charlouse is kind of a weird spelling. It's C H A R L U S. It's all one word, Charlouse Music. Okay, Charlouse Music, C-H-A-R-L-U-S Music, and that's uh, Facebook.com slash Charlouse Music. Mark, thank you so much for being a part of the gang today. Betsy, what about you and uh, uh, meditation CDs, anything that people can know about you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So my show is uh, Just Say Yes. It's Mondays at noon Pacific time. And then my website is BetsyGutting.com. And I do have actually a gift for people, uh, my guided meditation CD, Awakening Your Passion. So if you go to my homepage, you can sign up for the newsletter and I will send you a beautiful healing CD um, as my gift. That's awesome. And Jamie, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> I'm at one two listen.com every day and uh, I love it so much and you can find me there in one two academy Monday mornings starting at 7:30 a.m. to set your week off right I'll be um, hosting a guided meditation Monday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time on one 730 academycom awesome well, you guys, I can't even tell you how honored I feel to be a part of what you've brought to me today. I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. I hope you will rejoin me. I will reinvite you, and I hope you can come and be a guest again. Thank you for being a part of this holiday part. We're going to do many.